Welcome to the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. Oh, yeah. I guess we're doing this again, eh? Uh, well, week one of the hey, man. is over. Oh, hey, how's it going? Well, it's not over for everybody. Um, oh, well, week one is over for everybody. Well, that's Just true. That's for, true. Yeah. For some people more than others, it's it's truly uh, over. So, uh, what happened this weekend, pal? Well, uh, you know, as we talked about last week, uh, I I was playing three leagues this year. Uh, my one league came down to a multiple team tiebreaker uh, to make the playoffs, and unfortunately, I didn't uh, didn't break the tie. But Ouch. I felt felt pretty good. I had a spot in the LOEG. And uh, more importantly, uh, well, more importantly, later on as I was losing in the LOEG, I had a spot in my, uh, my, one of my original leagues where I'm the reigning champion and felt pretty good going into, uh, going into the end of the matchups. But the, the season is officially over. And uh, if, if I may, you know, I just have a little, uh, little question I'd like to ask. Let it out. Like, a lot of people a, didn't know Michael Bolton wrote that day. song. It's a rough day. Football. It's a rough day. That's that's exactly it. He wrote that after uh, after a tough loss in fantasy football, and he just didn't know what to do with himself anymore. Um, yeah, you know, we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit more about my my matchups, both of them later on, I think. But uh, how about you? How did your weekend go? Well. Uh... It went a little better, actually. Um, oh. <laughs> I, I had a buy in one of my leagues. And uh, in the LOAG, we talked about it for a while. And, you know, I, I, I've i kind of listened to some of the episodes. I've listened to every episode, and I, I've thought about it. And I've kind of kind of piled on Craig here for, you know, 18, 19 episodes now. And I don't want people to get the things wrong. I love him like a brother. He's been like a brother to me for 30 years. But, you know, like brothers, you know this as well as anybody. There's certain things you know, they do that you don't love. And like, he's just a guy I don't like to lose to. And I didn't want it to happen. And the storyline, you know, I was trying to explain it to my dad on Sunday. I was, he came over for about 15 minutes. Mahomes threw two picks. And I was like, I'm going to have to ask you to leave, please. <laughs> he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, Mahomes never throws two picks in a quarter. I know you don't, under- <laughs> don't understand this, but this is a big day. My whole social circle is watching this and uh, waiting for me to lose to Craig. But luckily I got the win. I'm moving on and I got another tough matchup, but this, you know, this week was bananas in our league. Last night, the Monday night football game was one of the best games I've ever watched. And, uh, you know, some of the owners in our league don't feel the same way because it ended their season and broke their hearts. Yeah, this was uh, not just in our league, but I'm sure in, in leagues all around the world. Uh, this was one of those times where people were praying for a Monday night miracle. Some people got it. Some people... Uh thought they had things locked up and uh and unfortunately had had the tables flipped on them uh but yeah what a game and i was telling you off the air 
you know, I was in such a, such a deep funk after Sunday night because both my matchups were over. I had no, I had no miracle I was waiting for. The miracle was over. And uh, I almost didn't watch the game last night. I was just so, you know, did not want it. And finally, as it got closer to game time, I thought, okay, well, I'll flick it on and see what's happening or whatever. And I'm so glad that I did because, uh, like you said, one of the best games I've seen in a long, long time. Definitely the best game I've seen this year for sure. But uh, anyways, you know, enough enough dwelling on the past. Let's... uh, Let's, yeah, you got uh, a job to do, here. and we, you know, we got a yeah. job to do. Yeah, the people want what they want, and they want to hear us talk. I guess so. Uh, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, let's start uh, with the you know some of the news and the notes from this week, and uh, and so yeah, let's start it up with our fantasy news. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Cannonball! And yeah, you know, I kind of touched on it, you know, 15 seconds ago, but you know, the Dolphins took it to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. They brought him right to the edge. That was an amazing football game as well. You know, we got spoiled this week and uh, I said to my dad, he didn't understand it. Mahomes throws three picks in a game, never. Like it never it was like 56 quarters. He had two picks over the past 56 quarters and then he threw two in the first quarter of that game and I was like uneasy about it. Anyways, the Dolphins are the real deal. The Chiefs won. They pulled out a win, but I, you know, you got to be encouraged if you're a Dolphins fan after that one. And you know, the Dolphins, you know, they're the, or sorry, the Chiefs are the defending champions, and and they're probably the favorites right now. But they do have some issues. They're struggling on short yardage, both on offensive and on the defensive side of the ball. So they got some work to do over the last three games of the regular season here. But uh, man, oh man, what a great game that was! And uh, yeah, super entertaining. I'm glad that the Chiefs got the the win and Mahomes. Put up the numbers he did when he got them. Uh, Lamar, man, last night we talked about this one as well. Lamar Jack, this is like written by Vince McMahon last night's game. Like <laughs> Lamar gets him up to a big lead and then he disappears with what they're saying, cramps, and other people are saying he's Paul Pierce himself, and who knows what happened. <laughs> but nice. then he comes back in, like, you know, the what's the backup quarterback? Uh, Trace McSorley comes in, does okay, but whatever. It literally gets hurt at the two minute warning fourth and five game on the line and here comes lamar fresh undies and pants runs back on the field slaps his helmet on and bombed it to hollywood brown like just an incredible game what an incredible storyline and uh, you know it's something that if you didn't see it you wouldn't even believe it after i you know i tried to explain it to people today and they're like what are you talking about you left anyways it was a wild wild game and you know browns fans it's it's another punch to the gut but they're a really good team this year yeah, absolutely. Like that's a tough loss for them to swallow, but they're they look like the real deal as well. They they deserve the record that they've got. Uh, the only thing missing from that return that would have made it true, like WWE, is if like I had the tiger played, yeah. or if or if the lights all went out and then the bell chimed and the Undertaker theme, and then out of the smoke came Lamar. Or he's just standing in the middle of the field. I don't know. Yeah, the lights come back on. He's under center. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's run through the rest. Of the, Travis Kelsey, man, he's having an out of this world type of season. He's actually leading the league in receiving yards, including receivers. Like it, I don't think it's happened uh, in the Super Bowl era. I don't know if the tight ends actually led the league. We'll see if he can hold on. You know, there's some DK Metcalf and other guys that are right there. Tyree Kill his teammate as well. So it's just you know another unworldly season. And you know, this is the third 1,200 yard season he's going to put up. Nobody, no tight end's ever done that before. And, you know, people talk about Gronk and Tony Gonzalez is the best ever, but this guy's putting his name in that conversation, no doubt about it. Um, Jalen Hurts, man, he had his first start. The Eagles got a spark. They beat the Saints. 
I mean, what the fuck happened there, man? You know what? I talked oh. about it a couple weeks ago. How I didn't love the unknown because I started the Saints D against the Eagles, and but I wasn't expecting any of this. And uh, you know what? A wild start, and you know. Uh, the Eagles are now going to obviously ride with Hertz next week. And I, I mean, you got to ride him for the rest of the season, I would think, but uh, I don't understand. Like you wrote it here in all caps. Why wouldn't you have played him already? It's that's the million dollar question. I guess it's a $60 well, million, dollar answer. $60 million <laughs> question. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, it's great that, you know, he, he managed to do exactly what we talked about last week. He got outside of the pocket. He extended plays. He had over a hundred yards rushing. He didn't have a, you know, spectacular days passer, but uh he kept the offense moving and controlled the ball. But what really what he's doing is putting the Eagles in a bad situation where they are going to have to pay Carson Wentz and paying a guy 60 million bucks to sit on the bench is a tough one to swallow. So I don't know what's going to happen. Well, I mean, they well, drafted yeah. him, so they put themselves in this situation. If you don't want to, you know what I mean? This is a what, end of first round, early second round pick with yeah. Jalen Hurts. So they, um, and even before know, that, I guess they signed Wentz to that contract. So yeah, a lot, so, of, lot of situations they put themselves into. Glad they're happy after this week. And you know what? So, I mean, I still rode with the Saints because I figured their D would be used to practicing against Taysom Hill and mobile quarterbacks. And, you know, even though Hertz was this kind of guy, I thought the Eagles would be ready or the Saints defense would be ready for it. And they just seemed overmatched. Uh, but on the other side of the ball, Taysom Hill did not look great at all. He couldn't complete passes downfield against a pretty bad defense. And uh, the Saints, Alvin Kamara and owners, you know, if the Saints want to go on a run here, they need – Drew Brees back and that's pretty much uh, it's pretty obvious after the last couple of weeks yeah they do like his overall if you started Taysom Hill in fantasy his overall numbers at the end of the game weren't awful but I think at halftime he had like 60 something yards passing and no touchdowns the team I don't think had I don't even think the Eagles had scored or the Saints had scored at halftime um, and then he was kind of playing catch up the whole way they need Drew Brees back or honestly is it time to maybe think about getting Jameis in there like I know it's I know that's a scary prospect itself but at least that's more the style of football that the team's used to playing he's probably more likely um, to sit in the pocket and dump the ball off when he's running out of time to Kamara and get the ball in the hands of their playmaker like I don't know if that's even on the table or that's on Sean Payton's mind but uh, yeah if they can't get Breeze back soon they they might be in trouble well, they host the Chiefs this week, so it's, I mean, you know, with Jameis, you got the turnover where, you, where Taysom, I mean, if he does what he's supposed to, you kind of keep Mahomes off the field, right? So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what they do until number nine's back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, in other news, these two next items would have been good for my team a week ago. It sounds like John Brown is returning to practice for the Bills. Uh, I'm not sure if you can actually play John Brown at this point. He's been in out of the lineup, uh, but it does help. Josh Allen that offense has been a lot better when he's in uh, than when he's out and Brandon Cooks is coming back this week it sounds like Um, he missed this past week with kind of a head and neck injury but uh, without Will Fuller there he he and Kiki Cutie should get all the targets and uh, I know the Texans will be looking to bounce back uh, guy who's not likely to play this week is Christian McCaffrey. Oh my lord, this is the uh, this sums up 2020 in one player. I think you know the unquestioned number one after the season he had last year, and he's been out with three different injuries. He's barely played. He sounds like he wants to play again this year, and uh, Matt Rule, the coach, sounds like he wants him to play, but not looking like he's going to play this week. And I don't know, I guess you throw him in in your championship, but if you got all the way there without him, you probably have better options anyways. 
Um, Sam, yeah, you know what? I don't, is, I don't, sorry oh, to cut you off, man. I, yeah. you just mentioned the unquestioned number one, and I'm thinking here, like, unquestioned number one, two, three, and four this year were all kind of poopy. Like, Zeke was probably number three, Saquon was two, and, and then, you know, people were starting to reach for Michael Thomas at four. So it's, you know, the, you know, maybe that's something we should revisit after the season. We'll look back at yeah. where guys were taken and, and how they played out. Absolutely. Well, Michael Thomas or uh, Camara, really, right? And yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say that you've been, super thrilled as a Camaro owner you were for a while yeah but... until breeze went down i mean last week yeah last two weeks oh, that's off the okay, season right? yeah yeah you know yeah he's been okay right and we'll see what happens you know he could be if he turns it back on or if breeze comes back maybe he puts up two huge performances in the playoffs but uh yeah no i hear you it's the whole the whole top group really hasn't uh impressed but yeah that's a postseason conversation well speaking of postseason conversations uh the jets are going to have a choice to make they're probably going to have the top pick maybe top two and uh they've already got a young quarterback there sam darnold says he knows his team's going to have one of those top picks but he loves new york and he wants to stay and that's possibly because if he doesn't stay there he might not have a job so uh you know best of luck to you sammy boy i'm sure you can make 500 grand a year on the practice squad somewhere um Dan, are you? so i want to talk about him later too yeah you know what i'm up and down and funny enough i've actually owned him multiple times multiple leagues uh another chance could could be just what he needs i'm just you know just trying to be funny That's he's the, like a long by. shot heir, heir apparent to big ben that i wouldn't I, you know he's the kind of guy big body guy Oof. anyways yeah i don't know i don't Oof. know something about him it's just the Jets, a, man. You get them out of the Jets, and I think yeah. Well, it's Adam Gase, right? Exactly. You get players away from Adam Gase, and all of a sudden they just go off. Tannehill, Drake. Anyways, um, Frank Reich in, with the Colts. He says Philip Rivers still has multiple years left in the play. He's thirty nine years old, and uh, he might be might be eyeing up a couple more. But he also added that it's up to him if he if he really wants to do that to himself. Um, he's had a good year. He said he's been good lately. So we'll see what happens with that team. And uh, a couple of minor things. Uh, the NFL is starting with its flex scheduling. So week 16, they moved the Rams-Seattle game to the late afternoon. Um, I did notice this week there's a couple games that have changed TV channels, but the time's the same. But Rams-Seattle in week 16 is now 425. And, uh, you know, last but certainly not least, one of, the, one of the former glory names of fantasy football, Des Bryant, has been activated from the COVID list. Now I thought he said he was done. I thought when he got put on, he said he was like quitting and yeah, it's maybe, weird how that changes. Yeah. I mean, he just yeah. have a his, lot accountant of... call, his accountant called his account called and said, "Delete that tweet right now." Hey, Des, don't forget yeah. this was your last chance. <laughs> <laughs> this is beyond your last yeah. chance, anyways. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, on that note, he's he's off the list now. But we have a few players who 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 got the COVID. And uh, why do you say we take a look at some of those guys and some of our injuries for this week? Now stand aside, worthy adversary. Tis but a scratch. A scratch? Your arms off? No, it isn't. Yeah, you know what? Like this was a pretty chill week as far as injuries go, and compared to recent weeks and and big names. But uh, I mean, another week in the NFL, and you know, guys leave games early and or don't even play at all. Like Miles Gaskin was placed on the COVID nineteen list right before Sunday's game. It was kind of surprise addition there, and a surprise out for a lot of people. Uh, David Johnson, he went on the COVID list right before Sunday's game as well. He should be back this week. But I mean, that's you know, those are killer. That's killer news on Sunday morning right before uh, kickoff. 
Debo Samuel, you know, this guy is explosive when he's on the field, but he just can't stay on the field. He exited with a hamstring injury, didn't come back in. They said it's not really – it's not looking good. He's probably done for the rest of the fantasy season. The 49ers, man, this all year, just been beat up. Another 49er, Raheem Mostert, had an MRI yesterday on his ankle after Sunday's game. He was, you know, beat up. This guy's had a rough season again. I don't know if this is a Super Bowl hangover with the 49ers, but this is one of the worst seasons as far as injuries go that I've, I've seen in a while. Uh, Mike Williams, this is a guy in one of my other leagues. I was humming and hawing. Should I put him in my flex spot? And I, uh, luckily I benched him. Uh, it didn't matter in the long run. I ended up losing, but he exited early with a back injury. And uh, that's never good, especially for the big bodied guys. They seem to linger for them. So something to monitor if you are moving on. And uh, Noah Fant, man alive. So I started him at tight end this week. I mean, I love I can't really complain too much. I, I ended up winning, but I started Noah Fant. I actually reached out to a Twitter expert, a fantasy football expert, Ben Schrager from CBC or CBS Sports, I think. And uh, I reached out to him and I said, Noah Fant or Mike Gusecki, who should I start? And he replied and he wrote, definitely Gusecki. And I was like, man, now I wish I didn't write you because my gut said Fant. And apparently Fant's gut put the sick in Gusecki and emptied his guts or whatever. I should, should have come up with a better joke for that, but Fant didn't play because he had an icky tummy and put up a goose egg and Mike Gusecki went ham on my bench. But uh, it sounds like Fant clear. It sounded like it was food poisoning. It's not COVID related. He traveled with the team. I know they have the short week planned Saturday and uh, I'm hopeful he's going to be back on the field. Yeah, Fan had to run to the locker room just like Lamar, but he didn't make the triumphant return. And Ben Schrager, uh, if you are one of our 18 listeners, I apologize. I will never doubt you again. Well, that's why he's at CBS and we're at the couch and basement. <laughs> <laughs> the CAB. Um, in other, uh, some other injuries here. This one hurts your LOEG team. Matt Stafford left the game after uh, just getting crushed. He's got a rib injury. It seems like he's unlikely to play this week. You know when he leaves the game that it's bad. Like, yeah. he stands in there. He's a pretty tough guy. He, he ended the season last year with injury. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. It's too bad because Tennessee, that's kind of a juicy matchup for him. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. You might have to pivot. He's playing. Um yeah, well, I don't know. Um, Alex, don't worry. Next week we can commiserate together. Oh, no. Um, Alex Smith strained his calf. Doesn't sound like it's that serious. Dwayne Haskins got back in the game, and we saw why he hasn't been back in the game in a long time. Um, yeah, it's too bad Washington uh, had really been coming on hot, but we don't know what's going to happen there. They've got to figure a few things out for sure. I was um, actually – especially When I saw Smith well, – I was just going to say, especially without Gibson there. Well, for sure. I mean, with their defense and Ron Rivera has got to get considered for coach of the year. But when I saw Alex Smith on the bench and they had iced up his surgically repaired leg, I like my stomach turned. I had no idea what the injury was, but I'm glad it's only a strained calf because I was terrified for him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we've we've mentioned a few times, probably comeback player of the year. It should be a lock. I couldn't imagine why it wouldn't be. But uh, yeah, I'm glad to hear it's just something minor. Uh, Brandon Allen, who's the third quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, he left with a bone bruise and did not return. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Uh, You mentioned this already um, when you were talking about Noah Fant, but Mike Gusecki, he was having a monster game for the Dolphins. And then right at the end, came down funny and hurt his shoulder. Um, I saw him, you know, he's getting helped off and one of the trainers is holding his arm. So you don't know if that's collarbone or just dislocated shoulder, but he's not sounding like he has much of a chance to play this week. 
Uh, Ronald Jones apparently fractured his pinky. I didn't actually see anything like that in the game. Maybe he thought he just had a stinger or something, but uh, he fractured his pinky and he had surgery uh, to repair it. So I don't know. He, it's possible. Like it's possible that he could play if it's if it's stable enough, right? If he's not going to cause massive re-injury, but we'll see what happens. Uh, something to keep an eye on. Leonard Fournette was a healthy scratch this weekend, so uh, he may have been dropped in your league. If you've got Jones, he may be he may be worth scooping up just in case. Uh, Devontae Parker he injured his leg on Sunday and left the game. I haven't heard any updates on him. Um, he's been kind of up and down. He obviously has had a bit more success with Fitzpatrick, but he's kind of been coming on a bit with Tua. And uh, Henry Ruggs, who probably nobody was planning on playing, but just in case you had a desperation play lined up for Thursday, he is on the COVID list. He will not be available for Thursday night football this week. Oh, I always hate talking about the injuries. It just it gets me down, and I'm already I'm already so far down. It looks like up, but uh, you know, not everybody was a stinker. Not everybody got hurt and left early, or uh, got sick of playing for the Broncos and left the sideline. There were a few. There were a few people at each position that really did work, and we want to honor them here with the fantasy podium. You're Yeah, we do. We're going to fire it up with our, our fantasy podium with our quarterbacks. And uh, this week was crazy. We talked about last night's game. Well, two of the three quarterbacks on our podium played last night, uh, but they were number two and three to the, the probably the leading MVP candidate right now. Aaron Rodgers put up 36.9 points. He was our top quarterback. And then Baker Mayfield had 34.2 points last night. And Lamar Jackson was right behind him with 32.92. And I want to give a shout out to uh, Drew Locke as well. We have not talked about him much this year, but he had a solid week with four touchdowns and 32 points as well. So right off, uh, just off the podium, but uh, good showing for him. Uh, running back, you know, we talk about this time of year, King Henry, you put on the crown and you just, everybody jumps on his back and rides. And, it's, you know, watching him versus Jacksonville is like watching a big brother just bully his little kid brother because nobody wants to get in front of him. And the longer the game goes, the bigger the holes get. It's, uh, it's wild. He had 35.2 points this week. Um, just an absolute monster week from King Henry. Um, the number two was my Rambo of the week last week. Mr. Jonathan Taylor, he went crazy. He went boom, and he's locked up that role. Uh, 29.5 points. He had 150 yards rushing and uh, two touchdowns. And the third running back on our podium makes me so happy. It's Mr. Miles Sanders. And uh, you just, oh man, you're just burying the knife in my heart right now. Man. Well, man, you're just killing me with I this. I told you four leagues. I mean, I had him in all four <laughs> leagues and I was with you. I benched him in one of the, the four, but I didn't have a choice in the other three. And luckily he put up work 27.6 points this week, two touchdowns, including an 82 yard run. And uh, yeah, he was number three on our podium. Hopefully he's there to stay. Oh man. Like listeners, that running back list is just putting me in like post-traumatic stress disorder. So in my story for partying league, the league where I was the reigning champ, the league where I was the highest scorer this year again, and looked like I had the open road. All three of these running backs played a role in the matchup that I just lost to our commissioner, Tyler Walzak. Derek Henry went off for my team. It, buried him it was giving Tyler nightmares he was freaking out I was in his head and then for his team Jonathan Taylor put up a massive game kind of even things up 
But the real decider in that one was Miles Sanders. I pivoted away. I'm going to talk about it a little bit later. But you know what? I did have some choices. I pivoted away from him after three bad weeks in a row. I couldn't risk it. I put him on my bench. And that decision cost me the matchup. And you know what? It's a lesson I guess I had to learn. I was getting a little too smart and a little too cute with my choices. But that really just burns my grits. Woof. Nah, man. I, I wouldn't be too oh, down on yourself well. with that. It was, you know, he has been poopy for three weeks. And this is the time of year. Oh, yeah. Like, it was usage, too. It wasn't just like, you know, they're bad. It was not no. getting touches. So I don't blame you for not trusting them. It's just bad luck. Yeah. Well, the process was right. But the result yeah. is... Uh, going to burn me for the next nine months i figure anyways at wide receiver uh tyreek hill you know what he just keeps doing it he uh actually had 32 rushing yards and a rush touchdown and then uh only three for 79 but another touchdown through the air 24 points stefan diggs uh that really uh the the allen diggs connection really burned me up in that other matchup too he ended up with 10 catches for 130 and a touchdown and then 24 points um, like, you know, you mentioned it off the air, Allen figured out he could just throw it to him over and over and over because the Steelers, I guess, couldn't see him. He was, uh, he was dressed as the invisible man for Halloween in yeah, some great but, uh, Yeah. Speaking of Halloween. Oh my gosh. Back from the dead, a zombie T Y Hilton five for 86 and two touchdowns, 23 points. This guy has been disappeared for a year and a half. And the last three weeks, he's going insane. And he's got Houston next week, who he just lit up for a massive game, who he has lit up, I think, the last five times Indianapolis has played Houston. He's lit them up for massive games. If you somehow had T.Y. Hilton sitting on your bench and you're going into week 15, I think he's got to earn a place on your lineup. I don't think you can sit him again. And He had me sweating on Sunday, man, because he got those touchdowns early. And that made my matchup tight. But, uh, yeah, he's coming on strong at the right time. Yeah. At tight end, uh, you know what? The king, we talked about him, Travis Kelsey. He had 23 points, 8 for 136 and 1. Mike Gusecki, before he left with the injury, he was 5 for 65 and 2. And uh, Irv Smith Jr. in Minnesota, no Kyle Rudolph, and he took advantage. He went 4 for 63 and a touchdown. Our defensive players were a little crazy this week. None of these guys were rostered. I'm going to work backwards. I'm going to do a little unorthodox. Ooh, I like our, our bronze medalist, our bronze medalist, the Houston safety, Eric Murray, he had 23 points. I think he had like 10 tackles and a sack. Um, you know, the defense was on the field a lot for Houston that game. Uh, Kenny Young, a linebacker for the Rams, you know, not one of the guys you hear about all the time, but definitely a guy that benefits from that pass rush up front. He ended up with a defensive TD and a few tackles and a sack. He had 24 points. But this, uh, this is a real special one. A linebacker, Hassan Reddick for the Cardinals, he set a record for, his, for sure for his team, possibly for his position. Five sacks in one game, three forced fumbles in one game, ended up with 41 fantasy points. So if there's anybody out there listening, if you, uh, you, know, if you took a risk and threw Hassan Reddick into your lineup, good for you. And uh, congrats, because I'm sure that no matter what you did, your other positions, you won your matchup. That's outstanding. 41 points. That's insanity. <sighs> oh, it happens. And you know what? When you when you throw something like that in your lineup, even a, even a uh, team defense, when you put somebody in and they get 38 or 40 points, it just puts a grin on your face, doesn't well, it? it? Just like a 
Christmas. And if you face that, you're the guy from now on that's like, IDP is such a waste. It's such a crapshoot. So, I mean, yeah, it's I I love it because, you know, now we're talking about defensive players. I never would even heard this guy's name. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, I, I saw a little bit. He's, I think, coming up to the end and looking for a new contract here. And, uh, He's been putting together some good performances, and that one they said might have just sealed him a nice deal with Arizona. Well, so, man. good luck to you, Mister yeah. Reddick. Anyways, uh, we've got we've got a little fan interaction. We, you know, it's been a little while. Our last email, uh, our last email was the cease and desist from uh, from <laughs> Mister Buffer, right. and uh, yeah, we're gonna owe him a couple doll hairs again after oh, this week. But we've we got didn't some... stop using it. Anyway. <laughs> We've got some fan mail to get to, though. We've got an email and a voicemail. And uh, our email comes from our old buddy, Steve Henning. Not Steve Henniger, Steve Henning. Uh, member member of the Sorry for Partying League that I play in and big fan of the show. He says, uh, hey, Kyle and Jeff, this is a question for Kyle, but I'd love to know Jeff's opinion. Tom Brady is inarguably the best quarterback to ever play football. He has the most Super Bowls and countless records, both regular season and postseason. In head-to-head matchups, Brady has beaten Ben Roethlisberger nine times in 12 games. This includes a 2-0 record in the postseason. Comparably, Tom has a 3-2 head-to-head matchups against Eli Manning, the two losses both being Super Bowl championships. If the New York Giants make the postseason, do you think there's any chance they might bring the phenom Eli Manning out of retirement to win one more championship? Keep up the great work, guys. Love, Henning. So a little backstory. Steve is, Steve is, you know, I'm having a tough week. So like any good friend does, he's, he's uh, pouring malt vinegar into my open wounds. We have argued for years over Eli Manning. I dislike Eli Manning. I, my go-to argument is if his name was Eli Smith, he would have lost his job two years into his career. And if not for the two luckiest catches in the history of football, he would not have any Super Bowl championships, but you know what? He does. He does. I can't argue. And uh, to be honest, the way that Daniel Jones played this past weekend, it might not be the worst possible scenario. I don't think there's any chance of it happening, but you know, he knows how to manage a game and they've got the defense. So uh, yeah, maybe, maybe it's time for them to start making. Well, I love that you call him the phenom. Like, so we talked about the undertaker earlier. This would be the Vince McMahon, like lights go out in New York right before the kickoff. And then, they come back on and Eli Manning's in full uniform. Uh, but I still think current day, current status, current condition, Daniel Jones with one leg is more mobile than Eli Manning. And uh, yeah, I, I love. So here's the deal. I, I know I know he's probably mentioning Big Ben because he knows you're a Steelers fan. Remember James Jones? Oh, yeah. That game where he caught the ball and reached over the end zone. They said it wasn't a catch. That team we had. Yep. Oh, man, that that one shouldn't count. I'm taking that one off the record. So yep. we'll say he beat us eight out of 12 times. Um, but I love, I love Steve Henning for, you know, look, we got a voicemail and an email and they're from two guys that aren't even in our league. Yep. Two guys just really, uh, looking to, looking to hurt me deep. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So Steve, uh, we don't think so, but that it sure would be exciting. Oh, I would love to happen. see it. Uh, yeah, we've got a voicemail like you mentioned here. Uh, now the voicemail came in and it said it's it's from Jonathan from Taylor, and uh, he's got a question for us. So so here's here's quote unquote Jonathan. 
Oh, hi there. Um, I was just wondering about your thoughts on uh, Miles Sanders and um, whether or not you can trust him moving forward. Uh, okay, thank you. Uh, bye-bye. Well, I'll tell you, Jeff, I, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit of an audiophile. I, I have a bit of an ear for these things, and I'd recognize that Weasley little voice anywhere. I don't think it's Jonathan from Taylor. I think it's Jonathan from Tyler, a.k.a. Tyler Walzak, our commissioner, who just knocked me out of the playoffs and is probably going to win the finals now. And uh, he's wondering about Miles Sanders and can we trust him moving forward because – I definitely did not trust him this past week. And as I mentioned, it, it cost me the most important thing in my entire, uh, you know, non-family life. Uh, so I'll let you go first. What can we think? trust Miles Sanders? Here's, I don't know. I am just going to have to. Like, I'm just putting him in there. I'm happy he did what he did. I don't know what to expect. I won't be surprised if friggin' what's his, that's Peterson gives him three carries next week and, and Jordan or John was his name Howard anyways, gets, you know, 15 carries. <laughs> um, I want to trust them. So I'm going to trust them. I don't really, the Eagles are still the Eagles and yeah, it's hard to say. I, I thank you so much for reaching out and making Kyle talk about this though. So Kyle, what are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to backtrack a tiny bit. I'm going to walk you through the process of how this came about. So, you know, as an as a Sanders owner, you know very well we dealt with the injury, and then coming back from the bye week, it sounded like he's good to go. I think Miles Sanders is one of the most talented running backs in yeah. the NFL. I I don't question that even a tiny bit. And when he came back, he had a fairly good game. I think he put up something like twelve or twelve and a half fantasy points, and uh, against the Giants, you know, not an easy matchup. That's great. After that game, since that game, he's put up six fantasy points, four fantasy points, and three fantasy points. Not great. As you mentioned, it's nothing to do really with him. It's to do with the way the team is using him. They're not giving him enough carries. They're not using him in the passing game. They're giving Boston Scott more touches against good run matchups then they are their best player for sure. And it's not like the Eagles were having any success, so I don't know what they were doing. Then they bring back Jordan Howard, this Jordan. old like fossil skeletor guy who, you know, even when he was the hot rookie, I would watch him and just be like, how do people like this guy? He's brutal. <laughs> he just like, oh, he just falls in the end zone. Everyone's like, oh, my God, what a good running back. They disliked him so much, they released him. Do you remember that he was on the Eagles last year and they just said, we don't want you, and he went to Miami, and then Miami said, we don't want you, and now he's back on the Eagles, and last week they gave him more carries. And so coming into an important playoff matchup, I just looked at it and looked at the defense he's going up against and looked at the fact the Eagles had a new quarterback and looked at the usage, and I just couldn't do it. And to be honest, my, my pivot plan was actually David Johnson. I had picked up David Johnson. I thought, okay, this is going to be all right. And then last second, like you mentioned, had a, had a disastrous announcement that he had left the team for a personal reason and wouldn't be in the bubble and couldn't play. And so I hemmed and hawed, and I thought about Sanders, and I thought about this and that. I ended up playing Kiki Cutie, who scored a touchdown. Uh, it was a tough game for the Texans anyways. But uh, you know what? I stick by it 100%. Now, as for this this week, can you trust him? 
I think that if if he had had three bad games in a row, but in week 13 had just had the game he or just put up the stat line he had, I'd be tempted to play him just for the upside because he reminded you what the upside was. But if you've got a better option, I don't think he's a must play because look at his final stat line. He went for what, 115 and two touchdowns? 82 yards came on one play. So if that one play didn't happen, if that one play got called back for a holding penalty, he finishes with 30 yards. Like, that's not great. So <laughs> I think if you got him, you play him. But I wouldn't like it. I still wouldn't feel no, that good about it. it. And uh, Tyler, if you don't win this league, you are the you're an even bigger loser than I am because the guys who are left, no offense, but they suck. They're brutal. <laughs> if you lose to them, you are a disgrace. Thanks for calling in. Does he do voiceover work for cartoons? Is that his real voice? He sounded like uh... wow, <laughs> that's, that's his sweet. real voice. Yeah, I that's like pretty it. accurate. Not a hit with the ladies, <laughs> believe it or not. Even though he makes Anyways. it to the semifinals of fantasy football leagues. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Well, you know what? Enough of this. I, every time we talk about the NFL, I just get all worked up. Let's talk about the league that matters. Let's talk about the league that people tuned in to hear about. Let's talk about the LOEG matchup recap. All right. Well, we've got four matchups to look at and three of them that I actually want to talk about. So... What should we do? <laughs> well, let's crank out the one you don't want to talk about first, because it was, uh, I mean, you're, you know, you're the number six seed and you're going up against Kevin's team, who's been strong all season long. And he's got a lot of studs. And well, I mean, you want you break it down for us because it kind of got out and hurt early. Yeah, it did. And uh, I'll tell you what, a little bit of free advice here. If there's ever a time to get your lowest score of the season, it is not in the playoffs. That's not really what you want to do. And uh, unfortunately, that's the strategy that my team decided to take this week. And I don't really like it. Um, you know, the projections were were already having me as a bit of an underdog. I think the projections were 199 to 170 or something like that. But uh, yeah, I underperformed my projection by about 50 points. And uh, Kevin was actually right about just on target he finished with 197 you know he had stud games from his studs and uh none from his duds and i had dud games from my studs and my duds didn't even make the lineup um i i, <laughs> I was like a yeah Dr. that's Seuss. <laughs> yeah studleys and dudleys and mudleys and fudleys those, those are some <laughs> of the words i was using on sunday uh no i texted kevin about 30 seconds into the matchup because uh the first thing that happened in his game was he had David Montgomery rush for a massive touchdown run and then AJ Brown make a ridiculous one-handed long touchdown catch. And the first thing that happened in my game was Daniel Jones fumbled the ball and Giovanni Bernard fumbled the ball. And that pretty much sums <laughs> up my whole weekend in, in four players right there. Um, one thing that I will, I will kind of gripe a little bit about Josh Jacobs, man, like, I love you. I worked hard to get you. I've supported you through this. You go on on social media and tweet out, I'm not playing on Sunday morning after not practicing all week and not playing last week. Like, what a jerk. Yeah, big laughing faces with tears coming down, and then he doesn't really put on a performance. Like, you know, it's one thing to do that, but 
Yeah, if you, you don't back it up with anything, it's just a slap in the face. And, you know, we talked about Miles Sanders earlier. He was I benched him for J- Josh Jacobs, and that's the reason I bounced in one of my leagues. But, uh, you know, it's just you, you look at your team, even you look at your bench, it's not like you made the wrong decision. I mean, sure, maybe Roquan Smith over one of your defensive players, but we've talked about how you have just, you know, a bunch of stud defensive players, and any one of them can go off any time. And, you know, that wouldn't have made up the difference. So, uh yeah kevin's you know he's moving on to the next round and uh like what are you thinking here you 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 know we're we're obviously a keeper league and and trades are already starting people that were eliminated yesterday or are already posting things about you know available players are you thinking about making any moves are you gonna see how the rest of the season plays out or what are you what are you thinking here well you know what i'll have to i'll have to kind of assess things i don't want to wait too long the one thing i've learned playing this league over the years is if you wait too long all of a sudden in a 24-hour period things move around so much and then there's nobody available um now the only problem is I'm uh, I'm a little short on some of my draft picks for next season. Um, I've had to replace several players throughout the year. I've had to acquire, uh, you know, wide receivers and running backs. I've had to replace injured quarterbacks. I think three times. Um, so yeah, I'll see what I have to work with, and I'll see. You know, there's always people willing to part with talent. Like it's keeper league, but it's only six keepers. Um, there's always people willing to to move somebody either right now or as we get closer to the uh to the draft itself but uh i've definitely got some players i'm excited about you know um yeah i don't know we'll have to kind of wait and see what happens but uh yeah you you put in the effort and i mean you you have a good team it's just they didn't hit this week and you know it was one of those situations where your opponent that all these guys did hit but uh you know, you battled every week, and like you said, you you dealt with injuries all season long, and you tried to fill those holes. A lot of guys, you know, m- might have gone tank route and you know started selling off everything for draft picks, but you fought till the end. So that's a hat tip for that for sure. Well, and not uh, not to toot my own horn too much in the uh, predictions in the predictions category, but after the draft, I told you and Tim, I think my team is just good enough to finish at about sixth place and get knocked out the first round of playoffs. And here we are sixth place and knocked out of the first round of playoffs. So at least I can hang my hat on that. I knew what was coming. I knew the bus was going to be right on time. I just didn't get out of the way. Well, our next matchup, you were right about this one as well. I did, wasn't right about it. I had a bad feeling about this one all week long and uh, I'm happy to report that my team did what it was supposed to do. And everybody, uh, you know, I pretty, had a pretty solid week top to bottom here, but um, yeah, I pulled out the big win over Craig, 217 to 160. Um, I was really scared of some of his matchups, and they just didn't really hit like they, I thought they would. Um, you know, Craig's got a really dangerous team, and he's just, like I said earlier in the episode, he's just a guy I don't, I didn't want to lose to. I didn't want his him to end my season after the way his season went. You know, this guy was a favorite, and he probably still would be a favorite if he held on to everybody, and... Yeah, and he sold it all, and I didn't really I love it. And, you know, the fact that he could have eliminated me, that would have just been egg on the face for me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to report that I've, I'm winning. I'm kind of banged up after the, the this week, and we'll see how I fare facing uh, my opponent this, this coming week. But, uh, yeah, I'm happy to win for sure. Yeah, for sure. You've got some work to do, um, but uh, pretty impressive. You put up almost 218 points, and that was with uh, DJ Chark having an awful week. That was with Noah Fant being a Noah Shoah. Um, you know, you didn't play – You what What defense did you end up starting here? Oh, you started the Rams D, two points. And, no, uh, or you didn't you start the Rams Saints D. D. Sorry, yeah. yeah, I started the Saints D. You had the Rams D, which went over 
20 points. So in reality, you know, you could have been up at 260 points if you had, if you had followed the advice of a paid professional and played Mike Gusecki <laughs> and, uh, and uh, played the Ramsey on Thursday night. And obviously for Craig, you know, he sold off a lot of pieces and then, and then had a couple big wins at the end of the season there. And big time, something that hurt him was losing Antonio Gibson and then oh. having Julio Jones as a late no-go in this game. Those, uh, those two spots would have would have helped him greatly, but yeah, too much. You know, like he played both Green Bay running backs, and they combined for thirteen points. That's not what you wanted at all. Um, you know, Cousins was kind of so-so. Matt Ryan had a bad game. Um, yeah, just a lot of players really let him down. He got a couple of good performances from wide receivers, but uh, you know, he he made the moves and he's put himself into position to uh, acquire a bunch of a bunch of good players and trade them all away again next year. So that's yeah. kind of, that's kind of Craig's wheelhouse. I think he's pretty happy with where he's at. I'm sure the messages are already flying out from him. And uh, one thing I want to talk about my matchup, I added Antoine Winfield jr. To my starting lineup, like with seconds to spare. I didn't love the match. The guy I had in there and I realized that I wanted to switch him out and I just hummed and hawed and I like lost track of time, added Winfield at literally 1259 and then got him in my starting lineup. And luckily I did because he had 19 points. And, uh, you know, I've had him all year and it's got, he feels right in my spot in my, uh, in my DV spot there. So, um, yeah, happy to be moving on even with, with some duds and, and some work to do for sure. Yeah. He had a huge game. The whole Tampa Bay secondary was surprisingly good. Like Minnesota, this seemed like a cake matchup for them. Jefferson and Thielen looked like they were going to be, uh, you know, super studs and, uh, yeah, surprisingly Tampa Bay really shut them down and Winfield, like you said, he had, like 10 tackles or something like that. So yeah, that was a good move. And, yeah. Thank you. And you know, another super stud on defense, I had chase young, 21 points. I mean, that's, that's all right. All right. right yeah, yeah, I'm just saying won. that's the difference. Yeah. Man. Like, okay. Was... Hey, everybody out there, Jeff scored the most points this week. You won. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> let's, okay. Let's do it. You go ahead. Introduce the next one. Cause these next two were crazy, oh. man. And it's like, you know, anything can happen in fantasy football, but the, anyway, two of the favorites. And here we go. These were crazy and even crazier because I, I texted you and Tim on Sunday afternoon and I said, well, all four matchups went exactly the way they were supposed to. The top four seeds are moving on. The next four are not. And boy, is there egg on my face, but not as much as the number two and number three or number four owners. Uh, Marty hit his projection basically dead on. He was projected at uh, 204.92 and he had 204.88. But Chiefs Kingdom, the team that we've been talking about all year, who came in with Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson as his quarterbacks, and he struggled, he fought and clawed his way into the playoffs, and this is exactly what we were afraid of because his team went off and he ended up taking this one down. He scored 213 to Marty's 204. The number two seed is out of the playoffs. Kyler had a good game. Lamar went legendary. Uh who else did he have here? Oh, he started KJ Hamler, who put oh. up the game of his life. Nelson Aguilar, game of his life. Kareem Hunt, best game of the season. Calvin Ridley with no Julio. Like Matt Ryan had a bad game, but Calvin did work. You know what? He made all the right. He made all the right moves. He had all the right stuff. I can't believe he did it, but he did it. Dude, I was like shocked. So I'm in that group chat, and I've been talking about it all year. It's with. All the other guys in it are in the league. Todd, yep, everybody Marty, but me. Yep. Well, no, it's just Todd, Marty, Craig, and Whammer. 
so you know, Whammer and Marty are in this is group chat. Craig and I are battling in the playoffs, and Todd's waiting to see who he's in in the championship lay down there. And we're watching this unfold, and we're just we're you know, all of us are kind of we're all baseball players, so we're kind of superstitious for whatever reasons. And uh, so we start talking about this matchup, and it gets into this Monday nighter, and Chubb scores the second touchdown, and Todd's sending a message. He's like, "Well, that's that, Marty." And Marty's like, well, I don't know about that, man. Like, these guys are still these guys. And we all thought it was it was over when Chubb got his second touchdown. And then, you know, there's some other crazy plays. Like, Chad starts Baltimore's defense, and that guy almost had a pick six. And I'm pretty sure he did have a pick six if they reviewed that. But they didn't. They oh, called they him short. Have, yeah. Right? And then there's another play where Kareem Hunt was missed on a wide-open throw, and it would have been a touchdown. And there was one other play that was kind of crazy. Oh, the uh, two-point conversion bounces off Hunt. And it goes into somebody else's hands. I'm like, ooh, that two points could be the difference for Marty. I'm like, I, I even I messaged Marty, and I'm probably the most superstitious of anybody. And I was like, <laughs> well, man, I think, Marty, you're the team of destiny based on these last three things, like those three things. And then Lamar Jackson leaves the game with the runs. like, And I'm not talking about running on the field, like the runs in his pants. Yeah. So like, I th- I'm like, Marty, I think you're the team of destiny. Like, no Lamar, all this other crazy stuff happening. And then Lamar comes back in, and, he, and then <laughs> Cleveland drives the field and hits Hunt. And oh my goodness, Marty's out. And like, I for sure thought Marty was winning the league after he made that trade with Craig. And I'm absolutely shocked that he is out in the first round. It's unbelievable. You know what? He had Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs combining for massive points. And Allen was scary. Like that that game where I uh, that game where I blew it by not starting Sanders. I needed Allen to score less than I think 14 points, and he had like minus two at halftime. I was feeling good, but he he had a good game. Tannehill had a good game for Marty. He started off with Cam Akers, like we mentioned. He had a massive Thursday night. Travis Kelsey, like that that helps the league. No Nick Chubb in the playoffs. No Josh Allen in the playoffs. No Travis Kelsey. If you're one of the other, if you're one of the other teams that made that made it through to the semifinals, you're feeling pretty good that all those guys are out. Oh, for sure, absolutely, and like. He would have. I would have avoided him if he had moved on because he was a two seed. It would have been a case where if I make it to the finals and it would, you know, and he did too. That's the only way we would meet. But his lineup, top to bottom, like Josh Allen, Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs, Chris Godwin, Nick Chubb, Cam Akers, Travis Kelsey, Robert Woods, Naheem Hines, Tannehill. Like Seattle, he had a stacked lineup. He had depth on his bench. It's you know when he lost Fuller. It was like, oh man, you know, here's a, you know, the door opened a little bit, but he still had all these studs, and yeah, Chad's team is scary. That's who my next opponent is, and I look at his lineup, and it's like all these guys. I gave him all of them. Aguilar was on my team. Hamler was on my team. I traded him James Robinson, who's been like breaking my heart all year. I traded him Kareem Hunt a couple of years ago, like, and you know, I got Jacksonville against Lamar Jackson is the scariest matchup, and you know, here we are. I'm, I'm happy to move on, but it's a terrifying matchup, and. uh yeah, this one again, two thirteen for Chad, two oh four for Marty, just absolutely shocked me. Well, that one was shocking, and uh, you know the other matchup, the the four seed versus the five seed. You know, Henniger's made his team name now, House Money. He uh, he wasn't expecting to make the playoffs, but he still did it, and he was kind of in the same boat as me. He was projected around one seventy five. His opponent was projected around two hundred points, and Henniger fell short. He fell 20 points short of his projection. And normally that would be kind of a death sentence. But, uh, you know, you think my team blew it this weekend. Oh, boy. Whammer time. The cursed team. Jinx McGee himself. Lil Jinx. 
He went from a projection of 201 points and he only put up 147. And the number five seed, House Money 2020, he's letting it ride. He is moving on. Oh, boy. This this was not a pretty one. This was not uh, not quite the powerhouse showdown that, that Marty and Chad's teams had. No, and you look at these lineups, it's just like Henniger moves on. He's even joking with me. He's like, I can't believe I'm moving on. It's so gross, and here we are. But, yeah, I mean, he finds a way. And, you know, this one I was sh- you know, I was shocked when Marty lost and the way he lost – Whammer's matchup, I would felt so bad for him because it was like just his guys didn't do anything, and the way it unfolded, like he had to watch. You know, he's he's within the hunt. You know, he's within reach, even though his team's underwhelmed. He's got Sunday night football. He needs Deontay Johnson and James Conner to do work and get just you know maybe combined for fifteen points, not anything mm. much. And Deontay drops, boom, boom, and benched. And oh, then, he benched. And then James Conner, just ugly, so ugly. And then he's like, okay, you know what? It's not over yet. I still have Miles Garrett, who's a game wrecker. I need like one and a half sacks against Lamar Jackson or Trace McSorley if Lamar Jackson has to poop. And Miles <laughs> Garrett, you know, he's watching this. These are the only games. He's watching this whole game unfold. Miles Garrett leaves really early with an arm injury. And he really, I don't know what it was. He looked like he hyperextended his elbow or something, but it was, he wasn't the same after that and he couldn't get near Lamar. And there's even one play where McSorley kind of went down, but he tucked the ball and it was counted as a tackle for a loss and not a sack. So yeah, that one made me sad. And unfortunately, yeah, Whammer, you know, he's been building for this playoff run here for all year. CMC didn't play, you know, he made that big move at the deadline and it didn't pay off. And, uh, yeah, you know, you talk about other guys that are out, out of the playoffs now. You know, you have Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Austin Eckler, Darren Waller. Like, there's some big names. Miles Garrett, TJ Watt. Like, yeah, TJ Watt, even that one, he did nothing against Buffalo. That's another guy in that Sunday night. Just, man, twist the knife, poor Whammer. Yeah, he had just chances galore. And, uh, you know, with Deontay, Coach Tomlin came out and he said, if guys aren't catching the ball, I'm going to find someone who can catch the ball. And he put his money where his mouth is because his best receiver had a couple bad drops and disappeared for most of the game. He was gone. Um, you know, one thing that's unbelievable in this, I kind of forgot about it till right now. We mentioned it on Thursday. Because of Carson Wentz getting benched, Henniger only had one quarterback on his team. This is a super flex league. So if you're not familiar with super flex, we used to be a two quarterback league. Um, super flex means your extra flex position can be wide receiver, running back, tight end, or quarterback. So in our league, it's basically a two quarterback league, but that allows you to set a full lineup. And that's exactly what, uh, Henniger had to do. He put Christian Kirk into his super flex spot and, uh, was facing off Tom Brady and the other one, like there's on paper, there's no way that this should have come to be. You know, he, he played my Rudy of the Week, Corey Davis, for two points. He had Devontae Parker for zero points. Cole Beasley, Zeke Elliott, these guys were duds for him. But uh, you know what? He got he got just enough. He got what he needed. And all those guys you mentioned on Whammer's team that are out of the playoffs, there's one guy on Henniger's team who is in the playoffs, and this has got to scare everybody for what's coming up. Derrick Henry, King Henry, he's – getting ready he's got two money matchups he could win it by himself like 35 points and he could have done a lot more if they left him in the game he's on pace right now if he averages 100 i i saw something like this if he averages 
130 yards, I think he's going to break the all-time season rushing record. And I don't see why he can't do that this year, the way he's playing. So what's that? He needs like 360 yards, basically, the three games, or 390 yards, sorry. 130 yards a game? Something something like that. He could do yeah, that this week, like man. That. No, if Stafford oh, doesn't yeah. play, Detroit's horrible against the Oh, man. He's going like, to go crazy. If they hadn't pulled him out, like, last week, yeah, he was a bit of a dud. But this past game and two weeks ago or three weeks ago, if they hadn't pulled him out, he would have been, like, 400 yards and six touchdowns both of those games. He is ridiculous. Oh, gross. And yeah. uh, if, Breeze, if Breeze comes back and gets Michael Thomas going again, you know, watch out. This... Henniger could be sneaky, even with only Jared Goff. Uh, he better not be everybody. Like, enough is enough. He, anyways, uh, you know, speaking of champions, anyway, we, we you know, we got the other, <laughs> you know, we want to touch about the, talk, talk about the, the guys that didn't make the playoffs, and they're, they're still playing for something. And to everybody's credit, they all set full lineups. There was nobody with the holes that were on purpose. But, uh, you know, we the next week has happened, and, uh, and we're going to have number 11, I hate you, Baker, so much. So, Tim, he won his matchup. He's going up against Todd's team, number 10. And then Steve, the number nine seed, is going to go up against Grant. He upset Bednar. And uh, so that's going to be the next round of the playdowns with uh, Bednar and Christian also playing to determine the five and six overall picks. So, uh, yeah, we'll keep you updated on that. And, uh, yeah, hopefully these guys continue to fill their lineups. And this kind of adds something fun for the guys that don't have anything to play for. Unfortunately for you, you could just kind of <laughs> just relax. Yeah. I can just cheer for Christian. Come on, Christian. You can do this. This is it. You this is his last matchup. This is it. This is it. He plays Bednar. This has got to be the one. No, if he if he outscores whoever he would have played in week 16, that counts as a win for sure. You can check that one. 100%. 100%. <laughs> yeah. I'm putting his name on the trophy. Oh, boy. All right. Well, you know what? We got a couple more things to get to here uh, before we run out of time. What do you say we break down the Rudy of the week? So uh he forgot again. He forgot again. <laughs> I I'm just That's all right. Not, That's all right. Yeah. No. This is your thing. This is your thing. I'm just here for the ride. Um last week was uh last week was not so great for us as uh as prognosticators. We had a couple of couple of long shots. So I guess for people who aren't as familiar, we were talking about this off air. If you're if you're new to the show or you kind of forgot when we when we call our Rudy's of the week, we're calling for players who nobody believes in, nobody's really giving a chance, guys who are probably available on your waiver wire, not widely owned, but we think they could step in and and you know play a meaningful role, uh, be a starter, not a stud probably, but a starter on your team. So we're we're kind of digging through the depths for these guys. And uh, last week I went with Brashad Perriman, uh, wide receiver for the New York Jets. He did have a team high targets. He had six targets against a bad Seattle secondary, but uh, he only brought in three of them for 26 yards, only ended up with four points. So, yeah, not so good. And, uh, you know, kind of the theme of the whole episode really is um, Quintez Cephas. He had two (laughs) catches for 16 yards, 2.6 points. You know, he was a a Hail Mary with Detroit looking for playmakers, and uh, they just kept throwing it to Marvin Jones. But, uh, anyways, we got new guys this week. I'm going to start. We'll uh, go with another wide receiver. I don't really have a lot of statistics to back this one up, but uh, I have a hunch about McCole Hardman, the wide receiver for the Chiefs this week. Um, 
you know, they're playing the the Saints. It's going to be a huge game. This is, could be a Super Bowl preview if everybody gets their their acts in order. And uh, it just feels like it's going to be high scoring. Smart coaches on both sides of the ball. They're going to have you know do what they can to take Kelsey and Hill out of the game. I think Hardman could get a score too. He's going to get you know the return yards as well. So uh, yeah, Nicole Hardman, number seventeen, Chiefs wide receiver, is my Rudy of the week. Stamp it. I like it, man. Hardman's the only guy on the team that could challenge Tyreek Hill to a foot race and uh, just have to get the ball in his hands one time. That can make your whole week. I like it. High upside. All right. And my uh, my Rudy of the Week this week is another wide receiver. I think he's actually been a Rudy in the past, although he was a big letdown that time. Uh, it's Nelson Aguilar of the Raiders. Uh, he's coming off. He's coming off of 11 targets in the last game. He had a big week. Three of the last four games, he's had at least nine targets. Two of the last four games, he's scored at least 17 points, and uh, he's going up against the Chargers on a short week. I think that uh, I think that he's going to see a lot of targets again. I think he's going to see those red zone targets he's been getting lately, and I think he's going to do you right if you put him in your lineup. So Nelson Aguilar, my Rudy of the I week. I hope you're wrong on that one. I'm facing him, and uh, you know that's the start of the week. Thursday night, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so Thursday yeah, night. that could set the tone for the whole matchup. Uh, you know, this next segment is it's becoming my favorite because we get to pick guys who, you know, everybody obviously knows about, but we just really love the matchup. It's kind of a, you know, smash spot. This is our crush of the week. Um, you know, our favorite matchup, not necessarily on our teams, but this is a matchup we really, really like. And uh, yeah, so this is our Rambo of the week. Yes, no, I've been charging you. you. Are you listening? Who are you? The worst nightmare. And, uh, yeah, so last week, man, I don't know if you want me to start or do you want to go here first? Oh, you might as well start, yeah. Yeah, you, so, again, you the know, idea is, did, is to well. pick somebody who does really, really well. And uh, I picked Jonathan Taylor, the running back for the Indianapolis Colts, uh, and he went boom. He took over that lead back role. He had 20 carries, 150 yards with two touchdowns. He also had two catches for maybe 15 or 16 yards. And, uh, you know, he's the alpha male there in the backfield for the – the Colts and I really like this kid moving forward. So uh, yeah, happy to report twenty nine point five points for my Rambo. Oh, how nice for you! <laughs> and uh, you know, I went with a guy. So the way the way that I understand or the way that I understood it is, these are guys that are going into your lineup no matter what, but you should feel good about it because they've got a good opportunity to go off. Right. And uh, you know, I went with a wide receiver who's had an emergent season. He's had a breakout. He's finally lived up to his uh, his credentials, his draft capital. I went with Corey Davis from the Titans, and he went <laughs> oh, coming off the game of his life. And AJ Brown was hobbled by an ankle. He ended up going three for thirty four, and he had a fumble. It was a tough fumble to watch. Guy caught him and just tomahawked it out of his hand. And uh, yeah, not not worth playing sorry about that for everybody who uh who thought he was gonna go ham like i did you know on the plus side aj brown went ham so i'll i'll get partial credit for that i guess but uh no yep not so good anyways it's a new week we got a new chance to uh new chance to get things right new chance to win the war right yep exactly let's do it tell, tell me who you're taking this week i <sighs> This week, I'm going with a guy. He's, uh, you know, he's he served me well all season in our, our very first sandwich bet. Um, he's coming off a tough week, but I think it's all the more reason to give him a chance to believe in him, get him back in your lineups. The last four games, his targets have been 15, 12, 11, and 8. 
He is Robert Woods playing for the Rams. He's going up against the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And that's what I expect to see out of him. He's going to be flying down the field. He's going to be soaking up targets. He's going to find himself in the end zone a couple of times. And if you want to win this battle this week, it's an important one. Put Robert Woods in your lineup. He's my Rambo of the week. To survive a war, you got to become war. I'm just going to read a random <laughs> quote from Rambo movies. I just Googled 15 or Googled best Rambo quotes, and that was the first one. Anyways. Um, Perfect. Bob Woods, is a, I love him as a player. The only thing I worry about in that matchup, to be honest with you, is that game getting out of hand because the Jets are hot garbage. But, uh, yeah, I love Robert Woods as a player. My Rambo of the week this week is a running back for the Ravens from Baltimore, uh, J.K. Dobbins. Um, you know, this guy's snap percentage continues to rise every single game. Uh, I think the game script could lead to him getting a really big workload. And, you know, I just, you know, hope that Lamar doesn't <laughs> do it and it's J.K. Dobbins. But I think, you know, this kid's taken over that backfield as well. And I think this could be a statement game for him. Um, yeah, so that's my Rambo of the Week, J.K. Dobbins. This game is going to be – it's going to be wild. I'm going to have my eyes on a Jacksonville Jaguar game like I never thought I would. I want them to know death is coming and there's nothing they can do to stop it. <laughs> exactly. Rambo of the Week. <laughs> I like this new thing. This is it. Rambo of the Week. This is what we're doing. Uh, we're going to run out of them it. fast, too. They're going to get so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're going to have to wait for the next movie to come out. All right. Well, um, you know what? Before we I've been trying to get my mood up. You know, I started off in kind of a dark place and then, uh, you know, Steve really trying to stick it to me with the Z-Line Manning nonsense. And and, uh, you know, oh, Jonathan from Taylor with his <laughs> rude questions about questioning my decisions, my authority over my team. But uh, you know what? There's something that's really been stuck in my craw, and if you don't mind, I'd like to I'd like to get it off my chest a little sure. bit. Um, I was gonna call this a what the Falk segment, but I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna pivot. I'm gonna call this my post game post game press scum scrum rant. Uh, I gotta know what is going on in Cincinnati. You know, it's a it's an in-division team for the Steelers. It's a team that I've hated for a long time. I, there's been points where I slightly respected them, but I'm at a loss. Last year when they had Andy Dalton, I was sending GIFs. I'm sure I sent them to you. I was sending them to members of other leagues I was in, mocking the O-line where the ball would be snapped and there was instantly six defenders just in a heap on top of Andy Dalton. This year... Like last year, they ranked 30th out of 32 offensive lines. This year, they get the number one pick. They send Dalton packing. They bring in Joe Burrow. They've got hope. They've got hope. That's all I hear in the offseason. For the first time in a long time, the Cincinnati Bengals got hope. Well, what did you do? Did you hope that he was going to protect himself? You had the worst O-line in the league. You brought in a young number one superstar quarterback. You didn't do anything. Yes, you had an old lineman you drafted last year and he missed his whole season. So yes, I understand you're counting on him. Yes, you made a trade or you made a free agent signing, brought in a guy, but you know what? He's nothing. He's been cut by multiple teams, an old lineman who's been cut by multiple teams and had injury problems. And oh, big surprise, he got hurt again in week one. And then behind him, you have nothing. You did nothing to protect that kid, and now his career is already in question because of the injury he suffered. So that's problem number one. In the draft, you picked five linebackers and one O-lineman. 
you picked a quarterback and then went linebacker, quarterback, wide receiver, linebacker, 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 and then picked an O-lineman to shore up. Now, though, this past week, this is what really fired me up, and I let loose on our text. You know what I'm going to say. So they're starting running back. Joe Mix has been out all season long, and they've been leaning on Giovanni Bernard. Giovanni Bernard, who years and years and years ago seemed like he might be a viable option at running back, you know, and then Jeremy Hill came in and kind of messed that up for him a little bit. And then, anyways, this and that. But he's stuck around. He's a captain on the team. He's a veteran presence. He's a guy that they want to have there. And he's been nothing but dependable. He goes in and he has a fumble on the first series. The first series of the game, one of your veteran players, the guy you're leaning on with your third string quarterback, fumbles the ball. And I know there are coaches out there who think I'm going to punish this guy. I'm going to put him in the ground. I'm going to teach him a lesson he's not going to forget. This guy hasn't fumbled the ball in four years. He was the NFL leader in carries without a fumble. He's gone 830 carries without a fumble, and you put him on the bench. And guess what happens? You show your two young, unexperienced running backs that if they fumble the ball, they're going to be in trouble. So guess what happened, Jeff, on their second possession? Guess what happened when they put a new running back in the game? Oh, fumbled the ball. (laughs) So guess what, kid? You're benched. We're going to the third stringer. Special teams, get in there. Guess what happened on the third series when they put their third running back in the game? Just take take a while. I can't wait to find out. Fumbled the ball. They became the first team in almost a decade to fumble the ball three times in their first three possessions. They became probably the first team in the history of football because no effing coach, pardon my lettering, (laughs) would ever be stupid enough to put three different running backs in three times and bench two guys before the third guy. They, oh, what a mess. You should be embarrassed. You should be ashamed of yourself. I hope Joe Burrow is watching all this at home and thinking to himself, how am I getting out of here? Because you don't deserve to have him. Giovanni Bernard deserves better than that. Joe Mixon deserves better than to have his career wasted by this joke of an organization. And Joe Burrow deserves better than to stand back there and get his other leg broken next year. Get yourself together, man. Come on. Uh, you know what? We did. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't. I, I can't put into words how much I love that. And I think we just figured out the ABCs of our podcast. ABC, always blame Cincinnati. So when, <laughs> when our season is over or something goes wrong, let's just always just focus our energy towards the Bengals because this could be a new thing. And, we're, you know, division. I love it. Um, yeah. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, Kyle and I will be back. I think we'll be back on Thursday. We'll, we'll talk tomorrow and see how he's feeling. Uh, you know, it's that time of year. Emotions are running high. And, uh, you know, there's lots of stuff happening, but we're still having fun doing the podcast. We hope you guys are enjoying listening, even if your your hearts are broken in your seasons. Uh, we're going to continue to rock this through the off season, maybe not as frequently. But uh, if you want to, you know, reach out to us and let us know what you want us to cover. We talked about a couple things earlier in the episode that we thought would be good ideas. But if you have anything you want us to cover, reach out, please. And uh, yeah, until then, if you are moving on, set your Falcon lineups. Oh, I can't hear you, buddy. Yeah, I know you're probably doing your intro. It's so funny again.
Oh no. Yeah, I think you said oh no there. It sounded like the predator though. Sorry. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, well, I'll call you back and uh we'll try again. <laughs>